0: You're listening to the maritimegardening.com podcast, episode 10. All right. So, thanks for tuning in to episode 10 of the maritimegardening.com podcast. Greg, how are things going today?
1: Just great. Everything's going great.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So, all right. So one of our uh, listeners, uh, Brian from New Brunswick, uh, he submitted a question on our website. And Brian says, what types of veggies could you grow on these mounds? And, and, and we're referring to the raised garden beds. Uh, that was that episode. So what types of veggies could you grow on these mounds? What orientation in relation to the sun should you build them?
1: All right, so that's two questions, Yeah, and I'll answer, and the answer is, for each of them is related to the other one, so, uh, well, number one, if, if you've got more than one, the, the most versatile orientation is uh, uh, north-south, mm-hmm. okay, um, that way the, the long side gets the morning sun, the long side gets the afternoon sun, mm-hmm. um, but... Depending on if you only got and if you had a number of them adjacent to one another, you'd want that north-south orientation so that no one would block the other. But if you only built one, um, there's an argument for doing an east-west orientation because the um, the north side of that mound is going to be not as sunny as the south side. Mm -hmm. And let's say you we're growing two kinds of vegetables. Let's say you were going to grow a whole bunch of heat-loving vegetables. You'd put them all on the south side of the mound. And then if you're going to grow a bunch of cool-loving vegetables that don't need as much sun and, and maybe even are at risk of bolting as a result of too much heat, uh, like so let's say you wanted your spinach to last a little longer or uh, your lettuce to last a little, the greens basically, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I thought you meant they get up and run away.
1: <laughs> oh, bol- bolting means going to seed. For those that uh, right. some, some some greens, uh, if it gets too hot for them, they just say forget it and they they stop growing their greens and mm. they start going to seed. And it changes the flavor and texture of the greens, and they just don't taste as good anymore. And gotcha. Once they bolt, usually there's no point messing around. Once they bolt, you just pull them out of the ground, plant something else there because it's mm. over. Mm. Uh, so if you you know if you're growing greens that uh, bolt in heat. Um, you can plant them beneath a tree, like an apple tree. I do that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you can also, if you had a hugo culture, you can put them on the north side. So you can grow anything on a on one of these mounds. I mean, you can grow pumpkins on it. You can grow tomatoes. You can grow whatever. And mm-hmm. the most important thing to understand is, depending on the orientation, uh, the way you've set up the hugu culture, there's different zones. So the zones that are lower to the ground, they have more water. So you put things that maybe have shallower roots are are really water loving closer to the bottom because the water goes down, right? Mm -hmm. And things that have really deep roots that, uh, maybe, uh, things that can get down deep, like, like carrots, for instance, you could put them near the top or, uh, you know, anything that's got those aggressive long roots. Right, Uh, Pumpkins could go up the top too because the roots are going to go down, down, down. Um, so really it depends on what you're planting, um. If, you, if it's a heat-loving thing, you're going to plant it somewhere where it's going to get the most sun. So if you had a, you know, north, the, the sunniest spots, at the top, right? Mm. Um, but uh, so that's all you have to bear in mind. It's going to have a, depending on how you've oriented it, and then the most versatile or, orientation is that uh, north-south orientation.
0: Excellent. Uh, so that pretty well covered both of those uh, questions, I think. Yeah.
1: And you can grow any you can grow anything on them. Right, You can grow anything on one of these. And one thing I didn't mention is that um uh, in some of the literature it suggests that instead of building just straight up from the ground, you, you dig a trench. So let's say you wanted to make a – they refer to the height as the total, you know, from the bottom to the top. So you could dig a trench that's a foot deep and fill that with wood and then go up from there. Mm. Um, and the reason they say you should do that is because – it uh, the wood just rots better, and it, it the the whole process uh, is more accelerated when you've buried some of that wood. So cool. excellent. Uh, just another tidbit you can, you can go straight up from the ground. You can do that, but you know they they say it's it's better if you actually dig a little bit up. You know, and you can use the dirt. Let's say let's say you make a trench that's a foot deep and ten feet wide. That dirt will go back on top once you've put all your you know your logs and your sticks and your twigs and and, uh, and uh, leaves and stuff. Once you put all that material and built a mound, you take the trent, the soil from the trench you dug and put it on top so you don't have to go out buying soil. So it, the whole thing takes care of itself. Awesome. Yeah. Perfect.
0: So thanks, Brian, for submitting that question. That was a question from Episode 9, which was all about raised garden beds. Uh, if anyone else out there has a question for Greg, by all means... Post a comment on the episode on our website, submit a voicemail through the website, or just send us an email, and we will get it on the show. So thanks. What are we going to talk about in episode 10?
1: We're going to talk about compost. Mm. Compost in the garden and why it's good and how to how to do it.
0: Yeah. I would think that would be a pretty significant part of the type of permaculture gardening that you're... uh that you're promoting on this show. So I'll let you take it away.
1: First, I'm going to talk about conventional gardening a little bit because in my opinion and in my experience, the whole thing runs on a principle of broken soil. You know, if if people are giving you advice on how to grow vegetables and how to get a vegetable garden set up, the first thing they'll say is get your soil tested figure out what it needs, and then go to a garden center, and then buy you know, buy a bag with a bunch of stuff in it that came from a factory somewhere, and put that in the soil, and that mm-hmm. will fix your soil. Yeah. And the thing is, when you when you use that approach to gardening, you're going to have to keep putting that stuff into your soil, um, because the soil isn't creating it for itself. Uh, it's not a healthy living system. It's just a mineral sponge. Mm-hmm contrast that to contrast that talk about permaculture gardening it's about building healthy soil soil that's going to break down the materials that you're adding to it all the time and all of those minerals and uh, things that are needed for the soils uh, for the plants to be healthy all of those things are just going to be there by virtue of the composting process a good permaculture garden is pretty much like a perpetual composting system right which is pretty much i mean you're, the whole point is to copy nature if you look at the floor of a forest it's perpetually breaking down there's always a layer of fresh stuff that just fell to the ground and under that there's stuff that's breaking down and under that there's soil yeah so you're just copying the same thing and you when it, when you're setting it up that way and when you've got it working that way and the soil's healthy and it's got the right balance of microorganisms and it's uh re- retaining its moisture and all that sort of stuff you don't really have to worry about the you know npk nitrogen phosphorus p- potassium you don't have to worry about those sort of balances for some reason all those things just sort of take care of themselves mm. which is so much easier yeah. right
0: so why so why aren't more people doing
1: this well because it's so it, it's so easy it sounds like it can't be right um no, but well, it can't be that way because you're, you have to buy a bag of those little,
0: yeah. you know,
1: a bag of that stuff and you have to put the bags of stuff on because that's what we all grew up with. Yeah. Um, all you have to do is look at any natural system and it doesn't need any of that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Those systems always have just the right amount of everything. Remember, they're full of worms and worms create manure, worm manure. Mm. That is the perfect manure. That is, the, I mean, you can buy that stuff. You can go to a garden center and buy a little bag of worm castings little bag, you know, the size of a shoe box for 10 bucks or whatever it costs, um, why not just create a, a system that you're planting in where worms want to be yeah. and, you know, perpetually add organic material to that system so that the worms always have things to eat and they're always doing what you do after you eat in your soil.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, that's so much simpler. Yeah, That's what we're going to talk about today just to run through very briefly the benefits of compost for those that do not know, <laughs> mm. uh, compost is, you know, it's, it's a form of, it's a kind of fertilizer. If you think about it, it's, it's got organic matter and it's got nutrients and it's got beneficial fungi, uh, microorganisms. And it also will have a soil structure. Uh, compost adds structure to your soil such that the right amount of air, just the right amount of air, just the right amount of water and just the right amount of you know space um, you know, the texture is just right so that roots are very happy moving around in there. All the living things are very happy doing what they do in there. There's just the right balance of uh, beneficial fungi in there. Um, roots need air and because compost builds soil and keeps the soil loose, there's enough air. Uh, in the soil, for the roots, just the right amount, not too much, not too little. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also because there's a lot of organic matter in there, uh, adding compost to your soil is going to increase its ability to retain water. Right. So instead of the water just passing right through your soil, it it'll sort of suck it up like a sponge, because it'll mm-hmm. have all kinds of little teeny tiny pieces of little rotten pieces of leaves and little pieces of wood and just little things that Tend to absorb water, right? Right. Water absorbent materials uh, that are always breaking down as well. So you really can't go wrong by adding compost to your soil. So the question is, how do I do this? How do I get started? Because we're all aware of you can go to a garden center and you can buy a big plastic thing that you put your eggshells and coffee grounds into, mm-hmm. but that's completely unnecessary and. In my experience, properties I've been on, those things just tend to sit there. Right. <laughs> People yeah. throw stuff in them. And, yeah. and, and I've, you know, where I live right now, I can't even do that. You know, I've got animals in my backyard. I've got bears and porcupines and raccoons and, yeah. you know, lions, tigers and bears, Oma. Oh I've got everything <laughs> back there. I cannot put yeah. stuff in my compost. It just gets dug up and it's all over the place. Right. And I don't want to be attracting black bears to my property. I have children.
0: Yeah, not really.
1: Even them to I have me, I, I don't want to
0: do it. <laughs> <laughs> not, so, not so much the kids. It's more Greg. Yeah.
1: It's, it's, it's all of us. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I can't handle a black bear. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's not much, you know, doing that sort of thing isn't much use to me. So I want to step back a bit and talk about two things. Number one, the simplest thing, your garden bed should be a giant compost bin. Every fall... If you look at a natural system like a forest, every fall that's composting season for the for the forest.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All the leaves fall to the ground. Yep. There's heavy winds and heavy rains, which knock branches and twigs and stuff down, and all the stuff just comes out of the canopy and lays on the ground. Yeah, and it stays there all winter long. So the forest is adding compost material to its giant compost bin which mm-hmm. is just the forest floor. Mm-hmm. So your garden is the same thing. You can put um, leaves on your garden or straw or seaweed or you can empty your compost pile onto your garden even if it's not completely broken down. Yeah. Uh, I mean what I do is I, I do have compost but I, I use a different technique because I can't use orange peels and stuff like that and I'll talk about that later on. Composting okay. for people that live in the rural areas with bears uh, it's a whole other thing. But I'll talk about that. I do have compost. Yeah. So what I do with my compost bins is I, I empty them out and I run them through a screen because they're never completely broken down. If you watch uh, a garden show or you do a lot of reading like I do about composting, you're led to believe that in a matter of weeks you can go from organic material to soil. Mm. And maybe you know maybe that's possible. I've never achieved that. Maybe it's just because it's not hot enough here or whatever, but, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll put stuff in a compost bin and it's, you know, like (laughs) you you fill a bin that's three feet by three feet by three feet high. You fill that thing to the top and let it sit all year Mm -hmm. and maybe even turn it over a few times. And then when you go to get the soil out of it, there isn't even a wheelbarrow full in there. Yeah. There's like a little bit. So... What I tend to do' it's not very much. So what I'll do is I'll run it through a very loose screen. I'm talking a screen with almost a two inch hole.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Screen is just a you know a wooden frame with some sort of mesh mm-hmm. stretched over it. Yeah. so you you know you take a pitchfork and you throw your compost on that and you shake it over a wheelbarrow and that stuff comes through right. So when I see people doing this stuff on YouTube, they're using these very fine screens, you know, less than an inch mesh.
0: Yeah.
1: and uh, when I do that in my, garden, I get so little out of it, it's hardly. You know, it's a lot of effort for very little. I'm all about little effort, big result. Right. Uh, That's the way gardening should be. I'm 44. I got two kids and a job, and I have a big garden, and there's no way I could do it if it was hard. Yeah. So I make it easy on myself. So I use the big screen, and I I do it in the fall, not in the spring when everybody else seems to be doing it. Mm -hmm. So I take everything out of that compost bin. I give it a shake. And whatever comes goes through that screen, I throw that on top of my garden beds, even if it's a bit big. I don't worry about it, it's going to sit there all winter and uh, it's going to continue to break down on my garden bed. Yeah, Um, so the easiest way to do composting is to do it in your garden. You every fall, you add organic material on top of your garden and just leave it. Yeah, and you don't till. You just add organic material, a couple inches of some sort of organic material. I mean, manure is ideal um, if you can get it, if you have a source. I, I, some of my gardens last year, they weren't performing well, so I put two inches of manure over them. Yeah. Uh, they were covered in weeds this spring, but I mean, I know I weeded them in about, took about 20 minutes to weed each garden. That's a four-by-ten bed. Mm-hmm. It's not a big deal. Uh, but that, that manure really gave the garden a boost. And I didn't till it in. I just threw it on top and left it. Right. No tilling. But another way to do it is, I think about when I was a kid, my dad used to mow the lawn. Now, he wasn't using compost in his garden. He, he used bags of chemicals from the garden center. But he'd mow the lawn, and then he'd break up all the grass, and he'd throw it in this huge pile of grass uh, in the backyard. And uh, I would go, when I was a boy, I'd go look under that pile of grass for worms yeah. to go fishing, and there was always full of worms, mm. and the very bottom of the pile of grass was this black, black, black earth. Yeah. So the simplest compost compost uh, sort of bin isn't even a bin; it's just a pile. You, you know, if you've got the room, just make a pile, make a pile, and add to it, and then make another pile and make another pile. Um, so you can have a pile for this year, a pile for next year, a pile for the year after.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't. I don't turn over my compost. You know, the, the way you're told is to turn it over, get in there and turn it over and turn it, turn it over. So I've tried that. And trust me, I'm, I'm, a, I'm in good shape. I'm, yeah. you know, I'm not a, not a superman or anything like that, but I'm in good shape and I'm, I'm reasonably strong. Six foot four yeah. Yeah. Uh, person. And turning over compost is exhausting. It's right. heavy. It's you can only do it with a pitchfork. You can't get any other sort of implement into it. It's just not an easy thing to do. So I found it much easier just to make a pile, and leave it, and then check on it next year. Yeah. And the very the you know if you make a pile three feet high, the bottom foot is going to be something good,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the the first two feet is still very barely broken down, depending on how you mix it together. But I found it a lot easier just to just have a bunch of piles. I mean, I have them organized into little stations. I'll put a picture up. That's probably going to be the picture for the show. Yeah. Um, they're these stations I made just out of fallen trees. I didn't want to spend any money. Right. I mean, it keeps it sort of organized and looks nice. And, you know, I like everything to sort of look like it's got a, a space, but totally unnecessary. That's just my personality.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But to turn those things over, exhausting. So I just fill them up. And once they're full, I leave it actually, in fact, I tend to plant potatoes in them in this in the spring because uh, it doesn't uh, the compost doesn't need to be that broken down for potatoes to grow. Yeah, that's my approach. Don't turn the it's called cold composting. There's called hot composting and cold composting. Hot composting, you're always turning it over, you're constantly adding greenery to it. you're trying to get the heat up mm-hmm. and it does break down faster, but it's a ridiculous amount of work, yeah when if you've got space and, and that makes sense, I mean, Doing hot composting makes sense if you have a small property and a small yard and and you haven't got a lot of room. But if you've got a lot going on or you just don't want to take the time, especially if you have space, just have a bunch of piles. You know, If you make a big enough pile and leave it for three years, a lot of that's going to break down without you doing anything.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, and then you just come along, just take that sort of long view, come along a couple years later and have a look at it. If you don't want to make just make a pile, you can use. Uh, if you if you need a box, if you have to have a box, there's different ways to do it. You can fashion together like with logs the way I have.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You can use uh, pallets. You can, you know, drive around on uh, garbage day and see what people are throwing away and anything that looks boxy. Yeah. <laughs> will do, yeah. Yeah. Uh, or you can go buy some lumber and make a nice, neat, tidy, you know, perfectly square box. But just bear in mind that whatever you're putting that compost in. It's 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 gonna wear out. It's gonna be junk.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think you sort of touched on that uh, concept in um, in the last episode, episode nine, on uh, raised garden beds.
1: Yeah. yeah, you know, whatever's in contact with that, unless it's plastic, um, it's gonna break down and it's gonna rot. And even if it's plastic, it's probably gonna crack and break over time because mm-hmm. it just nothing, nothing lasts. You know, if you made a compost uh, bin or station out of stone, that would last.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs>
1: would, it, would it be worth it? Uh, considering you can just throw it in a pile and it'll still work. Yeah. Um, just some thoughts. You know, do whatever you like, do whatever you want, do whatever feels good. But what I'm getting at is a lot of things that we think are needed for this process aren't necessary at all. Right. Compost just have you put enough organic matter enough green and enough brown in a pile, it's just going to happen because that's, that's what habits nature. That's how right, it works. Right. Now, bears. And If you're like me, if you're in a situation where, and I, and I think a lot of, a good deal of people in the Maritimes have this, they sort of live out a little bit outside the city. They got a decent piece of land, you know, an acre or less, and a large property because land's reasonably cheap here. Then you can't have a compost bin like the one I used to have when I was in the suburbs where you can put your you know, all your f- fish guts and, you know, your table scraps and all you can put all that stuff in there. You cannot do that when you're in a semi-rural or rural area because you've just got wild animals that uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: attract them to your, your property. So what do you do? You, you know, compost is good for your garden. You don't want to buy it and you've got space so you can make it. Well, what I do, and this is how it, my stations work, I just call them stations. I haven't got a better term for it. They're like three three boxes that are adjacent to one another. Yeah. I get very in the fall, as I mentioned before. In the fall, I empty out my compost bins, and whatever is goes through my screen goes on my garden,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then I put everything left over back in. And of course, there's lots of room, so I need to add stuff. So yeah. what I do is I go to a horse stable. And I get green manure. I get the freshest manure that they've got. I don't, you know, if you're putting stuff directly on a garden, you want aged manure. But in a compost bin, you want all that nitrogen. You want all that heat. And it's going to be there for a year. So it's going to be, by the time you're using it, you know, it's it's going to be broken down. And it's very easy to find. It's hard to find aged manure at a farm Mm -hmm. because everybody wants that. It's easy to find green manure because nobody wants it. Yeah. But green manure, you put that in a compost bin, that is, I mean, you want to wash your hands after you've been dealing <laughs> oh, <yeah>. with it. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to be eating a submarine sandwich or anything. But uh, you put that in there and man, you're going to get some serious heat in that uh, compost bin. And what I'll do is I'll, I'll have other yard waste. I'll have, uh, you know, if my neighbors have thrown away leaves or those big brown bags full of yard waste, I'll mix that in with the manure. Mm-hmm. Because everything that came out of that bovine, whatever – a horse or a cow or whatever that manure came from, there's so many microorganisms in that manure that can – it's almost like turning your compost into a giant cow's stomach, right? Because all the things that – everything that came out of the cow is there and there's so much in there that's so quickly and is so good at breaking down organic matter because all those microorganisms are there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you're in a rural setting and you can't use table scraps, which boy, i tell you, it takes a lot of table scraps to create anything anyway. I mean, in my old place in Wolfville, I used to throw everything in my compost bin. I mean, oh, everything. Yeah. yeah. And I would get, well, at the end of the sort of season in the fall, uh, hardly anything was broken down. I'd have to bury my compost in my garden because it was so unbroken down. I couldn't put it on top.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: so it really even if you're using table scraps it doesn't hurt to throw some manure in that because it can speed things up yeah but yeah you just get all that yard waste mix it in with the manure just not my not mixing it by hand because that's really hard you just put a bit of manure in shake a bit of manure in the in the, in the in wherever your compost pile is and shake some yard waste in some grass clippings and leaves and stuff and then shake some more manure in and sort of build it up like that until until the bin or the area where you're keeping the compost is full, yeah, and you just walk away and leave it like that. I mean, this is something you're doing in November, and right. then you're going to co- come back uh, the following November, and it's all going to be black. I mean, it's uh, at least that's that's one way to do. It. I'm sure there's other approaches. So that's one way to make compost on your property if wild animals are a problem. Mm-hmm. And if you're if you're in Nova Scotia, or New Brunswick, uh, if, if you're anywhere outside of a suburb, and maybe even in a suburb, uh, it's going to be a problem. There's nothing more frustrating than you come out to your compost bin and there's stuff everywhere. There's banana peels and you know, mm-hmm. something just got in there and dug the whole thing out. That mm-hmm. just drives you crazy. And you know it's going to come back. Why wouldn't it come back? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, so that's just some thoughts on how to go about the whole compost thing. And as I said, it's, it's useful. Uh, even though the compost in those stations hasn't completely broken down by the following May, uh, it's perfectly fine for planting things like potatoes or pumpkins. Um, they'll grow great in it. Yeah. Uh, done pumpkins before, but the deer in my area have seemed to have figured out that if they kick pumpkins in, they can eat them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you, you got some clever deer.
1: Um, So, uh, uh, yeah, I can't grow. I have to grow pumpkins inside my enclosure now. I can't grow them outside the enclosure. So, that was great when I could grow. Like, I had my compost bin. In the compost bin, I'd make a little area about the size of um, a volleyball.
0: Yeah. I'd
1: make a little hole in the compost bin about the size of a volleyball. And I'd put some really, really fine earth in there. And I'd put a couple pumpkin seeds in. And the seeds would you know, go, and that's just to have some really nice potting medium to get them started. Not even that much. A, a mm-hmm. coffee cup worth of soil is enough. Because mm-hmm. uh, the roots are going to go into all that compost and just love it. Yeah. Um, but it's not like they're going to use up everything that's in there because it still hasn't even finished breaking down. Mm-hmm. So your compost bin can be a garden. Another trick, uh, if, if you've just started a compost bin... I've done this for people. you got an empty compost bin, and you got a whole bunch of yard waste and, and straw and stuff like that, maybe a bit of manure. You, you just put potatoes on the bottom mm-hmm. of the compost bin, and yeah. you start throwing stuff on top. Throw your weeds on it. Throw everything in there. And the potatoes will just find their way up through it. As long as you haven't buried them too deep, you know, if it's a foot deep or even a foot and a half deep, after a few weeks you're going to start seeing potatoes grow in your compost bin. Just forget about them. Just keep throwing weeds and Everything just keep throwing stuff in there,
0: yeah.
1: and uh, you know, sometime in November, open that thing up and empty it all out, and you're going to have a ton of potatoes in there.
0: Yeah.
1: Screen the screen the contents, and throw them over top of your garden and start the whole thing over again. Cool. So yeah, that's, that's point of the show was to just give people some different takes on composting. It doesn't need to be this um, complicated process. Uh, you know, it's composting is something that should be always going on and you can, you can grow things while the composting is happening Mm. in your garden beds or even in your compost bin. You can grow things in your compost bin while that compost is breaking down. You know, you got to choose the right thing. Some things really, I wouldn't want to grow spinach. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. But potatoes are fine because you're, you're, you know, you're not. You're adding, right? You're throwing things on top, and they're big enough and tough enough to grow through it.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's the same thing. If you had a full bin of compost, uh, something like a pumpkin or a squash, um, those roots are going to go down into. You know, they're, they're just going to love the loose mm. structure of that soil, um, and they're going to just grow like you wouldn't believe. Mm. Um, nothing. I mean, I got that idea from, I, I, you know, I had a compost bin once that I'd just thrown, like, the pumpkin from Halloween into. Yeah. And the following spring, a couple pumpkins started growing out of it. And I just left them alone, and they grew great. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, well, geez, why don't I do this on purpose? Yeah. You know, yeah. it makes yeah. perfect. You know, and I'm sure most gardeners out there, they probably found tomatoes growing in their compost bin. And it's like, just let them grow. Yeah. So why not do that by design? Why not set the garden, the compost bin up um, to grow things? And why not take advantage of that in your garden beds and just sort of make them like big perpetual composting bins? Everything that lives in your garden will, will appreciate it, and your plants will too.
0: Awesome. All right, that sounds good. That pretty much wraps up uh, all the compost composting talk that uh, that you wanted to do in this show greg yeah I cool. think that's excellent stuff. excellent so yeah this has been uh, episode 10 so anybody who wants to follow along the show notes check out uh, our cover photo and maybe a few other photos on there just go to maritime gardening.com slash zero one zero and um also we appreciate it if you're Uh, following us along on Facebook or Twitter or any of that if you uh, like or follow or share or give us a positive review if you like the show that's all very helpful we appreciate it not long before this episode we recently passed the 1000 download mark which is a good little milestone for us in this show so we appreciate that all you people who are tuning in uh, every week to the new episode so thanks again for that and um, yeah That's it for today. Take care. Happy gardening. Thanks, Greg. Thank you. All right. Ciao.